right, welcome back everybody to another episode of the Oh, I Did It Again podcast with Tanya and Rachel. Um, I'd say that we're happy to be here, but uh, again, like just with the state of the world, like everything going yeah. on, I don't, it's just. Yeah, I told someone this morning that I was enduring, <laughs> which is, <laughs> I guess, as accurate as anything. What was I, the, my, oh, go ahead. Well, it just, I was going to say, I like my go-to phrase used to be learning and growing. I really, I guess I'm still learning. I don't know that I'm growing. <laughs> I, I also don't know if I'm learning. I don't, I don't know yeah. if I'm absorbing new information. Yeah. What was the term that like got coined like, if, like six, eight months ago that everybody was supposed to be feeling? Um, there was like oh. that Yorker article or something there's some article like maybe the Atlantic I can't remember Lang- languishing yes we're all languishing where what the fuck we're are we doing now <laughs> we were languishing is, yeah eight months ago where are we now because <laughs> I don't know it's <laughs> it is like a very dark-sided like on we just this malaise of like what what now what fresh hell yeah that's what I think yeah I mean like this week um I, so I dived back into the dating pool a little bit. Not really. I haven't gone on dates, but like I dived back into the dating app bullshit after uh, that guy that I was seeing for a while ghosted me. We, yeah, refer back to the old episode, last week's episode, <laughs> if you hadn't heard that yet. Um, and yeah, so I, I'm back on the dating apps, just hanging out, um, meeting people, talking to people. And I matched with this guy who like seemed fine, like seemed cool, like, I will say like looking back, his dating profile was a little bit more aggressive on stuff than like I normally go for, but you know what? Sometimes you you just swipe right. Yeah. You Mm -hmm. sometimes swipe right because you're just like, whatever. And we were chatting for a little bit and um, he like pretty, like only like less than two days in for sure. He was like, I really want to meet you. And I was like, I mean, okay, thanks. Like flattery. Mm -hmm. Like, yeah, great. Glad that you think so highly of me. And things just, it, it was weird, Rachel. <laughs> like it was, mm-hmm. I, it's been weird. So we matched and then we were talking and then I had to go to, to a conference for work. So I was gone out of state for an entire week. And when he said that he wanted to meet me, I like told him, I was like, okay, fine. Like, but you know, I, it won't happen for a while. Like not until yeah. this day is when I'm free. And he's like, that's fine. Let's do, let's do something. And I said, so this is, this is the real kicker. I was like, okay, what do you want to do? I have a hair appointment um, in my home, back in my, like the city that I live in um, at one o'clock in the afternoon. So what do you want to do? He's like, let's go to the, let's go to this garden place, in the town that he lives in. And I was like, cool, sounds great. But like what time? Because I have a hair appointment mm-hmm. at one. And he was like, yeah, let's meet at 10 then. That should be plenty of time. And I'm like, and I agreed to it. There is a level of like, now I'm like, never again am I going to agree to this I shouldn't have in the first place mm-hmm. and I was like yeah fine cool I will meet you for a couple hours drive so here's like again we're gonna go back to the very first episode and we talk about how fucking annoying it is how weird men are about driving to and from in the midwest like in between cities but yes I'm going to complain now because I'm like you're gonna make me drive 45 minutes yeah. for a two-hour date to drive yeah. back 45 minutes to get a hair to have my hair cut like yes I will admit I again I agreed to it I shouldn't have agreed to it but also like the lack of like thinking on his yep. part like really that's what you're gonna make me do okay 
So again, shouldn't have said yes, but I said yes. Why not? So then we chatted while I was gone out of state. It was fine. Like it was fine. It, like the conversation was never that great. Um, but it it was whatever. And I can't remember at what point I really was just like, I'm not really feeling this anymore. But yeah. I told my like I hung out with my sister while I was out of state, and I told her that I was like, I just think I'm not re- really feeling this. Like I don't know how to end like to like cancel the date now though, because as a woman when you have to like cancel something or when you have to like do something that a man Mm -hmm. might not like, (laughs) you have to wonder about how he will react, especially even if you've never even met him face to face. Um, I think that there's a really good piece by Jessica Valenti about how women have had to learn how to manage men's anger since like basically birth. And that is a key thing throughout all of this is we Mm -hmm. always have to think about how can we not make a man angry at us because we don't want to deal with the ramifications, the repercussions, I should say, Mm -hmm. of that anger. So I've been thinking about that for the last few days while I was preparing to like not go and see him. And he asked if we could FaceTime to like make sure that we were who we were. Like he just wanted, I don't know. And I was like, yeah, fine. Let's, how about, I was like, okay, let's do this FaceTime. I'll see how it goes. And that'll help me decide if it's going to be good or yeah. not. So we FaceTime earlier this week. And it was, I mean, it wasn't bad, but I was like, yeah, I'm really not feeling it. Like he was kind of awkward. And again, we're all awkward on FaceTime, blah, blah. I get it. Okay. But I'm somebody that, I don't know. I feel like I'm pretty good at reading people. And I was like, no, I'm just not feeling this. Yeah. Um, so I texted him the next day, um, still like within 48 hours of the actual date. So I feel like plenty of time. Mm-hmm. And I told him that I didn't want, I, I told him I wanted to like not go see him on Friday, the date. And before doing it, I had to figure out again how I was going to tell him that I didn't want to see him. Like I didn't want to meet up with him. And I decided to lie and say that I was seeing someone else because mm-hmm. I didn't know how, like there is a level of, again, we talked about, I don't like ghosting. So I want to be honest, but also again, I don't want I have to think about men's anger all the time. So in my mind, men respect other men most of the time. Mm -hmm. So if I, instead of saying like, I'm just not interested, um, I felt like I was going to be safer by saying, oh, I'm seeing somebody else. I'm sorry. I think I want, I think I said to him, I want to devote my energy to seeing this person instead right now or something like that. And I was like, it was nice meeting you though, blah, blah. It was nice talking to you, blah, blah, blah. Rachel, I got the absolute fucking weirdest response I have ever I I have gotten weird ass texts too Mm -hmm. from people I have gotten some weird shit this by far beats them all so I'm just gonna read it out to the to the podcast (laughs) crew here I don't I don't know that I want to hear it aloud (laughs) I have to Rachel like they have to I know okay so why the hell were you even entertaining the idea of possibly going out with me if you were in a relationship Foolish, fickle bumblebee. You should get off of dating apps and devote all of your energy to whoever it is you're talking about rather than courting a big bad wolf, you silly little girl. You nearly got gobbled right up. Take care. Oh, I hate it. Oh, I hate it. <laughs> it feels, it just what's your like What's your least favorite part of that awful text, Rachel? <laughs> because there's a lot. I think. I think the gobbled up, I don't, I don't enjoy. 
little girl I don't like that um I just I, so also, I don't like the implication that like the fickle the use of fickle I think is really unpleasant like especially because I never told him I was in a relationship yeah like I said I was starting to see somebody else or I'm talking I don't even remember the exact word I did not say I'm in a relationship if I was in a relationship I wouldn't have been talking to him obviously like I shouldn't say obviously mm-hmm. so that's and that's all I said back to him was like I never said that I can't even remember what I said now. I feel like I blocked everything out except yeah, this awful yeah. text that I got. Uh, but I deleted and blocked his number because that text gave me such major heebie-jeebies, major yeah. ick. Honestly, I felt like, I felt a little bit scared. Like not that yeah. he would actually do anything, but I felt like an adrenaline rush of like fear a little bit that I kind of had to like come yeah. down from because it was just, so aggressive and weird as fuck this is what has come of like 15 years of dudes being able to learn about negging and like using language in like weird ways like this this is just some sort of like real life reddit thread of bad advice to like I don't know yeah like part of me wants to be like what part of that text do you think as a man is okay to say like why do you why do you think that that's okay I did not lead you on we didn't actually ever meet nothing like if I had met and we kept going I was not feeling that way and eventually ended things like that would have been leading on I ended things pretty quickly comparatively on some level looking back I should have just never ever said yes to that date (laughs) yeah and again in hindsight is 2020 right um Mm -hmm. but I did not lead you on like you had no you have no right to say these things to me like you can be angry I'm not going to say you can't be angry fine but your possessive weird violent language towards me a woman you've never really actually met I can't even imagine how you treat women that you actually know then yeah yeah I think you made the right choice no gardens no 10 o'clock gardens for you sir yeah I I yeah I this has really almost turned me off to being, to dating again. It's like, I jumped in too quickly. Yeah. <laughs> I jumped into that pool too soon. Um, will I ever want to jump back into it? I don't even know now. Not really, but <laughs> You've being dramatic because that's who I am as Pisces, a dramatic, emotional person. Um, yeah, just, I, that just set me off. Like, and then was it the same day? Was, did we just hear about the, the herd depth? Yeah. Yesterday. Is yeah that, was that all yesterday oh my god yeah, I mean the, the herd the herd debt thing was definitely yesterday yeah so yeah this, yeah the text was yesterday morning that I got um so then to yeah like wrap up my day hearing that bullshit verdict I saw a tweet or I saw a tweet or an Instagram post about calling saying that we are in an extremely anti-feminist moment with a lot mm-hmm. of backlash from the me too movement um happening right now and yeah, like you, like you said, this is this is what social media, this is what Reddit, mm-hmm. this is what all of those weird YouTube channels have done. Um, not all of them, you know what I mean. And but. maybe Reddit, like I know not. I have enjoyed parts of Reddit. I use Reddit yeah. often, most most often for IKEA questions. But like 4chan, like all of these websites where sad men have been allowed to congregate and commiserate 
bad vibes. Yeah, super bad. Like, I feel like, I mean, it's just an overall discussion on like how social media has has made what's the word I'm looking for? Like group mentality, even way worse. Group bias, way worse of a thing. Like, yeah, yeah, it's let the sad boys, uh, sad men. I hate calling them men because I don't, I don't know. Um, like get like you said, congregate and be sad together and hate women even yeah. more than they already did. Um, but then also like just overall discussion around um, misogyny and abuse and harassment and gender violence and all of the above yeah. has gotten only worse on social media, not even with just men, but everywhere. Like I think that her depth trial, yeah, that shows to me how bad truly pulled the curtain back on just like every terrible shitty thing you could think about our society to me has been confirmed in the way people have reacted to this Amber Heard Johnny Depp trial it just like as bad as you thought it was it is that bad and also worse I'm happy to to announce like right the men that we're talking about have been given this hero in Johnny Depp but also like a goodly portion of the women on my social media are also like women that I know and respect and like have have shared memes and jokes at Amber Heard's expense and it just I don't know to a point that like in in the early stages of the trial I did have a thought of like wow have like maybe I just really misunderstood this and I fell for some of the um the the spin of like Johnny Depp is the actual victim of this situation and like I did I yeah I feel like in the early days I might have uh, like interacted with things and I guess I must have because in my for you section of Instagram I was have been suggested a ton of videos that I'm like Instagram why do you think I want to see this yeah no report 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 yeah but I, I mean that must mean like in the early parts of it I must have liked some meme or something and it just but also like yeah. it's just so it's ran rampant on social media mm-hmm. that even if you didn't like something, they're going to assume. Yeah, it's just because, everywhere. Yeah. yeah, it's everywhere. And I want to like say like, I bet we probably have some listeners right now who are like, no, Johnny Depp is the real victim. And I want to like, just, I want to honor your feelings on some level. And like, I hope you don't <laughs> just shut this podcast off right now because I want you, like, if you're feeling a lot of anger, discomfort, frustrations that we are siding with Amber, however you want to think about it, can you hear like listen to us hear us out maybe sit with those feelings of why you're feeling this way um because Rachel just said like she shared like that she was kind of going down that path a little bit or like not Mm -hmm. really understanding the whole situation not seeing everything um and I will say that I I can't like I think I've I could have I probably was feeling the same way a little bit too but something never felt right to me of the way that people were trying to paint Amber and the at my core I never when I started hearing things like no Amber was also abusive I was like this doesn't sound right to me like there was I was like I don't know enough about the whole situation because to be honest with you at the end of the day this is two celebrities like yeah. Amber is going to deal with it way worse than Johnny will ever um yeah. have to but at the end of the day these are two celebrities and mm-hmm. it's I try not to I don't know I don't like to absorb this kind of celebrity gossip to be honest with you I mean, it's just like, they are two people with just a ton of money and resources, but I want to be really clear that from the beginning, an undeniable fact is that Johnny Depp has more money and more resources than Amber Heard. Like that, 
she has a ton do not get me wrong but like the balance of power in this relationship was always weighted in Johnny Depp's favor no it is there is no question about that to me at all so right exactly thank you um and I think but when I started hearing more discourse about Amber being abusive too and that they were both in the wrong and I was like okay like that I was like okay I need to maybe look into this a little bit more because like that could be possible like I don't know the whole situation but I never when I started when the trial started and I really started seeing the vitriol language and abuse that she was taking on and social media I was like okay this feels fucked up to me this Mm -hmm. doesn't feel right I need to look in more and like for me like I I'm just gonna say it immediately hearing that she was sexually abused by him like trigger warning, he literally raped her with a liquor bottle. Yeah. I'm sitting here thinking like, how how are people saying that she is just as bad as him? Or mm-hmm. I I don't under I don't understand here. And yeah. I to be honest with you, if you are like, well, this is I don't want to know. I I don't want to know how, why you think any, I don't need to hear that. Um, and I'm not saying that like sexual abuse, like trumps all other abuses. It's not the oppression Olympics. It's not the abuse Olympics. Um, because I do understand. And like, I have seen some activists say like, yes, of course, men can be victims of abuse. Of course, we need to talk about that. Of course, some of her actions were not great. She's not the perfect victim. She's not the perfect survivor. She's not the perfect domestic abuse survivor that you want, but that doesn't mean that she's not a survivor and that she hasn't been a victim of domestic abuse by her partner by Johnny Depp Mm -hmm. you only want to hear about domestic abuse from whoever you in your idea is the perfect victim Mm -hmm. but even then like there is there is no perfect victim I think is the important thing to remember too like so what what I think it is clear Amber engaged in is like reactive abuse, which is a defense mechanism when you were being attacked, like to begin lashing out is a thing that you as someone who feels threatened and upset will start doing. Um, That said, it's really important to remember too that Johnny Depp couldn't win his libel case in the United Kingdom that has like much more lenient standards for what is libel. Like a judge in the United Kingdom said that it was clear to him that that there had been he used a great like very British sounding phrase of like super obviously he's he was abusive like the what he felt was liable what Johnny Depp felt was someone being libelous towards him accusing him of something that was untrue a judge said uh no it is very clear that this happened and in the united kingdom if you accuse someone of libel it's on the person that you've accused to prove that they didn't that what they what they said and did wasn't libelous and amber heard successfully did that and also what's important about this case is that the jury did not say like he wasn't abusive it it and that the insidious nature of this conviction or this decision, I don't, I don't know that conviction is the right word, but this decision is just what it, the message that sends to victims of abuse and to abusers of like what you can get away with, so to speak, is really unfortunate if you are someone in an abusive situation with any hope ever of your abuser being held accountable for their actions. 
Right. Because at the end of the day, from what I understand, yeah, it, it doesn't take away from the fact, like they said, no, there was definitely abuse that happened, but she couldn't name it. Yeah. She couldn't name who her abuser was because mm-hmm. it ruined his career, which is bullshit. It didn't. At the end of the day, he's going to come back in like less than a year in some movie because people who have short-term memories and yeah. don't give a fuck. That has clearly been a thing right now is that they would rather live in their, we live their childhoods. Mm-hmm. Then real, then realize that a man can both be a good actor in, in your favorite movies from your childhood and also abuse his ex-wife. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Both things can be true. I think that like I think yep. that's the conversation that can be so frustrating sometimes. And where I need to understand that, like I was in that, like I can be in that space about a lot of other people, yeah. right? Like if it came out that Tom Hiddleston was abuser, like it would be so hard for me to like, just yeah. be like, are you kidding me? Like, it would be extremely hard for me to, to separate that. So I recognize mm-hmm. that I like have had the privilege that for the most part, my favorite actors, celebrities, whoever you want to, like, I haven't had to like really break, break the art from the artist kind of a thing. But you can like, no one is saying you can't like Johnny Depp movies. Like, mm-hmm. If you still love Pirates of the Caribbean, go ahead and watch it. I don't fucking care. Willie, yeah. Will, Charlie and the Chocolate Fact, I don't care. Watch your favorite Johnny Depp movies and enjoy the art that he gave us during that time. No one can, no one is telling you that you can't. Mm-hmm. I mean, I do feel like we've, I, I mean, I don't want to speak for you, but I feel like we've been in this together of like processing JK Rowling and like what okay, a yeah, terrible right. person she's <laughs> turned out to be. And like yeah. <laughs> the struggle, the journey that we're constantly on to think through what this means for her to be trans exclusionary and also have created something that's like so fundamental to to our like our childhood and our growing up is like that's really hard and shitty and it sucks and like everyone has to make their peace with things in in the way that they're going to but I don't I can say from (laughs) take it from me I don't think it will feel good in the end to just be like "Mm, this didn't happen like you can't there's so much evidence mountains of evidence like there are mountains of tweets of JK Rowling being trans exclusionary like at every every time you turn around it's like them doing one more thing that's like yep I do I am abusive towards my partners and like yes I do not think trans women are real women like every time yeah every time you turn around it's gonna happen over and over yeah, honestly, I'll admit my own bias. I think I've just been thinking about men and like male yeah. celebrities having to like yeah. to do that break because um, we, we're talking about misogyny at the end of the day. But really with J.K. Rowling, it's also misogyny is why mm-hmm. she's trans exclusionary. So I will admit my own bias and I was just thinking about men. Yeah. Um, but I mean, again, like women have been doing, women have been at the forefront of this, her, yeah. of this hate of this misogyny as well and it's because internalized misogyny is a complete and utter dick like it's something that we all have to deal with I'm not saying I'm perfect I absolutely have to deal with internalized misogyny it's ingrained in us like just like racism is it's the water that we're like that we're surrounded in Mm -hmm. that's what our culture is built on is misogyny and racism and all these other oppressions like it is work and it sucks to have to like do the work to separate to separate things, to like have to yeah. unlearn 
and to have to like dig deeper into again these feelings of uncomfort on what's the word I'm looking for? discomfort there we go I can talk tonight those feelings of discomfort that you might be having while we're having this conversation because you're like but Johnny Depp no I don't care I don't care about Johnny Depp to be mm-hmm. honest with you I don't I don't I don't want to say that I don't care about Amber Heard because I I do I can't imagine what she must have been feeling last night hearing the decision but really again what I am thinking about are the people in around the world that watch this case happen that are survivors or currently living in domestic abuse situations yeah. and are seeing that their situation doesn't fucking matter in this yeah. court of law. Like that yep. they, their voice doesn't matter. Their experiences don't matter. And I like, I saw a pretty powerful tweet last night about all of this and saying like, your friends can see your jokes your friends can see what you're posting mm-hmm. and your friends who have had to deal with domestic abuse and harassment and stalking and all of the bullshit that comes with that are seeing you post those things and know now who not to reach out to if they are ever brave enough to say something or are willing enough to share their story. That's pretty much what capped it last night when I saw that. I was like, I- my, I pulled it up. I, one of my favorite threads twitter threads about this was by a doctor i think she's british um her name's emma katz dr emma katz and she has a thread um she's like a domestic violence researcher so her thread is talking about claims and facts that have come out that she's found particularly important as a coercive control and domestic abuse researcher and i think what I appreciate about her tweets is one, just how clear and kind of concise they are, but how they highlight tactics that she has seen come up in her, her decades in this field and how, how you might be hearing them just on being a person on the internet, but like what this actually means if you're educated and versed and like what abuse looks like, domestic abuse looks like, especially like emotional and verbal abuse. And it just, I, yeah. It's a good thread. Emma Katz, Katz with a K and a Z. There you go. Yeah, what I think too about more than anything, the people I think about with this case are the folks in these situations who don't have millions of dollars to pay lawyers and time that they can take off of work to spend in court pursuing this. And especially, why would you do it now if there's historical precedent that means like it doesn't matter? It's shitty. Even at the end of the day, Johnny Depp's career is not finished. He will likely He'll be fine. even He'll be even if fine. the verdict was different. No, yeah. This is the reality uh, we live in. He would have he would have bounced Louis back. Louis C.K. still still doing shows. Yeah, Dave it Chappelle was, still doing shows. I mean, Dave Ricky Gervais accused of sexual abuse, but yeah, yeah, still all rooted in misogyny, right? Mm-hmm. Um. It misogyny is not going to kill your career. That's yeah. something that I want you to hear. <laughs> Unfortunately, not a deal breaker for fucking anyone. So you're fine. Well, it's a deal breaker for us. You cannot be a part of this. <laughs> yeah, Johnny podcast. Depp will be on our podcast. <laughs> <sometimes. laughs> we will not have Johnny Depp on our podcast. No, no, we will not. You know who's a great male celebrity who's not been accused of domestic abuse <laughs> and god willing never will be well if if i mean god willing he will never be a domestic abuser harold styles 
I feel like we should start a drinking game for our podcast. Um, drink every time we bring up Harry Styles. <laughs> Harry Styles. It's going to be a lot. It's going to be heavy, heavy Harry content in the coming weeks and months. Building up. I mean, yeah, because we're seeing him live, we're Rachel. We're seeing him. We got we're tickets, him. y'all. <laughs> we did it. Shout out Julie. <laughs> wow. Round two. Let's, I, I don't want to be as drunk as I was the first time. <laughs> Yeah, I was pretty, I was pretty drunk. I remember those Canadian girls next to us, though. At the beginning, at least, I was not as drunk as they were. But, and that's also not the drunkest I've been in that arena. So, yeah, (laughs) it was, (laughs) I did make it home with my keys that night. So, yes, that is true. But yeah, so Harold coming for you in uh, October. We cannot wait. But his album dropped. And so I guess let's, let's try to end on a slightly more positive note, Rachel, because while the world does seem to be on fire, we did get new music from Harry. We did and get new music. I think it's my favorite album of his so far. I do like it very much. Yeah, I would say. Yeah, I would say it's my favorite. Oh, go ahead. What I have been most interested in the decision. So when when the album cover dropped, there was a lot of jokes about how he's wearing a Julie Albright outfit, an American Girl doll outfit. <laughs> and I very much feel that every like successive picture of him in this era, in the Harry's house era, and I mean, certainly he's got it, like the, these decisions predate Harry's house, but he very much dresses the way that I dressed from like roughly ages five to like 11. <laughs> There's a <laughs> lot of like t-shirts brightly striped t-shirts very chunky jewelry it's it is giving camp um summer camp not (laughs) not high fashion camp uh literally summer camp it is giving limited to there's uh, yeah it's a choice and I like it I love it I mean I love everything he does (laughs) I support it but it is like, yep. damn, Harry, where do you get these clothes? It's also, I am consumed by questions of how much money his wardrobe must cost. Like, you know that it's exorbitant. I'm, it's all boutique. It's all labeled, I would assume. And it just is like, uh, I'm, there are pictures of me as a nine or 10 year old <laughs> in these outfits from like exhilaration, like Target clothes. And it, uh, I think what I'm hearing is it. that you need to find an old picture of you and recreate it for his concert in October. I really, I have a vision of this outfit. I had these pair of, I couldn't wear this. Well, I guess October might, it might be fine there. They were magenta belt corduroy bell bottoms oh that I God. would wear with like a purple and pink striped turtleneck. And I, I feel like that's an outfit that yes. Harry Styles would like, that's not even yes. exaggeration. And I think no. I wore them with like white Adidas. It's all <laughs> like, it's the exact same. It's all the same. <laughs> I, if you don't show up to his concert in October wearing that outfit, I'm going to yeah, be disappointed in you. Cause I think I'm going to go for like the, like Stevie Nicks, Fleetwood Mac inspired mm-hmm. like look that I know that he would appreciate if I can get some sequins a sequin vest would be like I would do that all day yeah, yeah. a sequin vest and like some nice flowy pants that would be nice there you go mm-hmm. I don't I those corduroys I were they were tight when I was a kid I feel like they would be tight <laughs> as an adult and I don't I need freedom of movement at a Harry Styles concert it's true corduroy is not the most forgiving uh fabric not forgiving no not forgiving. 
So what's your favorite song off the album? What it, I'm terrible for song names. I do like As It Was. Like I'll, I'll, I'll love yeah. it forever, but let me pull up the album. I, I like feel like it's his, one. the what one? Sushi, the sushi one. Oh yeah, music in a sushi, sushi mm-hmm. restaurant. I feel like As It Was is his strongest single out the gate for me personally. I think I would go, I like Late Night Talking. Yeah, I like th- those two are like, get it. You get the album off like on a strong note, like happy dancing mm-hmm. vibes. And then you hit Little Freak and Matilda yeah. and you're like, fuck right off, Harold. Yeah. Fuck right off. I saw a really interesting, is it maybe like a, a Twitter thread or some, some P, I can't, oh no, it was a BuzzFeed article. That's what it was. I saw a really interesting, read a really interesting BuzzFeed review of his album and talked about like how, like some like the strongest they felt like the strongest albums on his album this this article was saying that the strongest (laughs) songs on his album were like the ones influenced by his like relationships with women and like not always necessarily a romantic sense like or like they were like almost from the, the point of view of a woman like Matilda Little Freak and Boyfriends and like how you can see him being, I hate to say like a sensitive man, but taking his knowledge of being like the only brother to sisters and Mm -hmm. his acknowledgement throughout his entire music career on some level that he's a bad boyfriend. (laughs) Yeah. Um, And like how that, how that comes to play out um, in those songs. And that's kind of, I don't know. I feel like that he knows what he's doing. Like he's not, I don't feel like he's not a manipulator at least. Yeah. I don't feel like he's conniving with it, No, but I feel like he knows, like, Mm -hmm. I I mean, not only, not only do we have to say he knows, but like he's on record. Like one of the first things that I ever loved about Harry Styles was his ardent defense of the teenage girls who love him. Like he, he knows who's buying his music. He's not an idiot. And I, yeah. Yeah what I like about Harry is that he does know what we want and what we are feeling and he doesn't diminish that like yeah he he's able to recognize his male privilege his male perspective of again being a bad boyfriend he's able to like own that recognize that but then also put music out there that speaks to our experience in such a way that like also relates to his experience as a man I don't I'm not doing a great job explaining it but like yeah, I can't, I can't put into words what I'm trying to say. So I'll, maybe I'll come back we, to it after you. We know in our hearts what you're saying. I, <laughs> this is self-indulgent, purely self-indulgent. Go ahead. I was looking, I was looking, I just Googled Harry Styles. One, because I can never remember if Harold is his real name and it's not, it's, his name is Harry Edward Styles, but I like, I like Harold. I like that mm-hmm. for him. But I was looking up where he's from in England and you know what it's just south of Birmingham you know what else is in Birmingham is Peaky Blinders. So, oh God, my, here we go. <laughs> my present most favorite English things all connected in Birmingham. <laughs> in Birmingham, United Kingdom. I usually would say Birmingham, England. I don't know how you, I get confused about how to refer to like their country. Yeah, it would be Birmingham, England. Right. No. Okay. Anyhow, I, I guess UK fans tell us yeah. <laughs> how you say. Let it. us know how do you. Yeah, refer so to it? Um, now we've here's another thing that we can add to our drinking game. How many times will Rachel reference 
Peaky Blinders, her newest and latest obsession. A lot. (laughs) And actually, I do feel like this ties in. One, again, we live in uh, the year of our Lord 2022. That's the second time in 24 hours that I've called it 2020. Um, Everything stopped for me in 2020. Um, But because we live in this year on the planet Earth, like misogyny is a part of everything. And Peaky Blinders, I think, is a very interesting look at misogyny and like the patriarchy it's a it follows a family a mob family and they have a patriarch but like they also there is sort of a matriarch figure but what I'm learning as I become a Peaky Blinders fan and stan uh is that on the internet the people who love Peaky Blinders are like the same sort of men who would call a woman a bumblebee in an angry text message so I feel like I'm I am sharing space with people that I probably do not have a lot in common with. Yeah. <laughs> and it's interesting. I except like I know that a big part, certainly what draws me to Peaky Blinders is like attraction that I feel as a heterosexual woman for the characters, which presumably is not what drives these men, except I think that like <laughs> buried and latent uh desires could be a large portion of it, but it's just I've been thinking, so as I look, as I get like Instagram suggested Instagram feeds, it's a lot of pictures of like a picture of the characters from Peaky Blinders with like the stupidest Tumblr advice you've ever heard in your life, like overlaid on top of it. And it's just like, damn it, this is not a safe space for me. (laughs) I don't (laughs) like seeing this. This is not what I want. You need to start a Facebook group, uh, feminists who like Peaky yeah, Blinders. Femi- feminists for Peaky Blinders. <laughs> yes. That'll be my, my real claim to fame. Yes. Peaky Blinders feminist account. I have been thinking about it. Just the characters who gets to live, who has to die in Peaky, Peaky Blinders is interesting. But more than that, like who gets to have opinions or be close to the uh-huh. main characters they're definitely women who have roles and responsibilities on the important stuff on Peaky Blinders but it is very centered around like one male character like everything comes and goes through Tommy Shelby as well as yeah. Shelby's wonderful but it's yeah yeah I think that's what I I tried to get into Peaky Blinders and I just despite the attraction attractive men the accents mm-hmm. the historical context I just couldn't quite get into it and I do think for me it was like the underlying misogyny and I also mm-hmm. don't like gang I'm not a gang violence person I've never been into yeah. gang like stories about about gangs mobsters anything like that mm-hmm. um and again like I definitely do watch shows though that have underlying like misogynistic <laughs> tendencies yeah. mad men off call yeah. yeah um but just I think I think it was the combination for me. Yeah. Yeah. Conversely, I was raised on gangster movies. So yeah. um, <laughs> I think I was well set up. In fact, I told my dad about Peaky. I've been debating like if my dad could handle Peaky Blinders because it is very violent and my dad yeah. can. But like I say that, but also, I mean, he watched Sopranos like when like watched it live, not live, but you know what I mean? Like when it was uh-huh. out and. I mean, certainly any mob movie worth its salt, like hard to tell a mob story without like pretty explicit violence constantly. Right. So I don't know. 
and what I do like about it, the same things that drew you, like the history aspect, the weaving history into it, I find really interesting. Love historical fiction. And I'm, I am, I have a growing interest in World War One, And I think it's because like American involvement in World War One is interesting to me and the way that it's so very different from, uh, this is like Captain Obvious, but the way that that in not England but Europe engaged in World War One like the casualties are so much greater in in our European allied countries France England like just millions in the millions and in America it was not we came into it so late it's just not the same reality for us and it I don't know I think about it a lot with Wonder Woman with Downton Abbey yeah <laughs> my other my other major faves <laughs> All right. Well, Rachel, I think that is a, a good place to end for tonight. <laughs> yes. If there is a good place, I should say, in this uh, bad place that we are currently occupying. We are in the bad place. It is the darkest timeline. Yes. Yep. yep. So next next time, next week, um, we will have a couple guest friends on with us um, talking about a deeper dive, I would say, into body image and dating. Um, from, I know we talked about it, touched on it a little bit a few weeks ago, but really diving into how to navigate dating with the bodies that we have, whatever size body you have. In these bodies, in um, these shells. Yeah. <laughs> it's going to be fun. Can't wait. <laughs> All right. Well, thanks everybody for joining us and we'll uh, see you in a couple weeks. Yeah. Bye pals. If you're enjoying Ope I Did It Again, follow us on Instagram at Ope Podcast. Please rate and review us on Apple Podcasts and on Spotify. Email us. Tell us your story. You can reach us at Ope Podcast 22 at gmail.com.